Today on the Impact Economy, I have Varun Pathmanathan, the founder and CEO of Make Impact, an investment platform for sustainable investing, which encourages, energizes, and mobilizes the next generation of investors to drive sustainable change, and as he puts it, put their money where their heart is. Welcome to the Impact Economy, a podcast designed to bridge the gap between sustainability and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Joseph Simpson, and in this series, I'm going to be speaking with some of the world's most influential movers and shakers within the Impact ecosystem. Varan, thanks so much for being on the Impact Economy, man. Thank you, Joseph, and you so much nailed the the, the pitch. I, I couldn't have done it better, so thank you for doing that. I don't have to say anything else, so I think we'll just like wrap it off and then... Well, I've been practicing <laughs> it all morning, just I didn't want to screw this up. <laughs> no, you didn't, so it's great. That's why I said, what, what, what else to talk about anymore? Like, <laughs> you, you nailed it, right? So just let people join the Make Impact platform and then, then off we go, right? That's it. <laughs> this is your best sales pitch ever. No, you, you actually nailed it. Uh, what we are doing, what we are trying to do, and where we are like helping people from scratch to actually get started investing. I think like if you do short-term trading, it, it won't be sustainable at all. So sustainable investing is long-term, and we need to help people get started because it's a huge topic that everybody talks about, but don't, a lot of people don't know shit about. So it's really, really important to help people to get more knowledge and, and, and encourage them actually to change the world with their money. It's a great mission that you guys have and make impact. And, uh, you know, from a branding and communications view, which is my background, I always love just seeing how much effort you guys are putting into really building a brand and not just a product. And it, I, I can imagine that there's a lot of people out there that can use this knowledge and, you know, myself included. So today I really want to talk to you on two, on multiple fronts. The first being, about your, your, your journey as, uh, as an entrepreneur and also moving from the finance world into the impact world. And the second, I kind of want to, you know, I am your target audience and I'm just about to start my, my own investing journey and I'm very, very dedicated to doing it in a sustainable manner. But even though I work in the industry, I don't know the first steps to take. So I really want to get some, some practical advice on that as well. First, can you tell me a little bit uh, about how you got started with Make Impact and what you guys actually do at the moment? It's quite uh, interesting that you're also stating that, of course, you would like to get started as well, uh, Joseph. So, so first of all, like uh, I have a background in information technology and persuasive technology. So it's actually about like how you change people's behavior through systems. I graduated uh, from University of Melbourne and Oldbrook here in Denmark uh, in 2011. Um, and, and I did like my master thesis on changing people's behavior in terms of water consumption in the gardens in, in Melbourne. Uh, best city in the world. And I came back to Denmark where it was raining a lot. Yeah, the best city <laughs> in the world. Yeah, the best country in the world, Denmark. <laughs> uh, and, and then uh, in Copenhagen, uh, we, we were talking about like there's so much rain, so it's not about like how much water consumption you save there, but more about the power consumption. So I actually did a study on the sustainability age. Then I accidentally entered into investment banking. Like I, like it was after the, the finance crisis in two thousand eight nine, and I wanted to like do consulting, and there was no jobs hanging around in, in that uh, you know uh, 
area. So I just said, okay, let me, let me do corporate. And people were actually laughing when I like enter into banking and some, some graduate program put me into investment banking. So like, okay, shit, I don't know shit about investing. How do I get started? Well, YouTube is your friend. So I actually started like YouTubing a lot of financial products to understand this investment world. And after being there in like seven, eight years and, um, doing a lot of B2B concept development, brand management in different things. We worked a lot on the pension industry, insurance industry to actually help people, you know, uh, like optimizing their investment, like set up in the B2B world. And when I had got my second kid, uh, I have two kids. Uh, and and, and uh, three years ago, when, when we got the second kid, we were like, okay, let, let's start investing on ourselves. So even though I've been like seven years in investment banking, I was so scared to get started investing by myself. Like I really didn't know what to get, where to get started. And all my friends were like, yeah, you should just, hey, this blockchain, Bitcoin is great. And then you can earn a hell lot of money quickly. And of course it was, the, you know, uh, not on the normal financial markets, right? But I was scared actually to get started. My wife and I were like, yeah, well, we should invest in something that makes sense when our kids are 18 to 20 years old. In Denmark, you have the saying of like, you save up to, the kid's first driving license. So we are like, I was like, yeah, we have to save up for their virtual driving license because at that time, like in 20 years time, they'll be like self-driving cars. So they need a license for driving a self-driven like car, right? And we were laughing about it. But that's where it actually like got to me. Like, even though I had so much knowledge about investing, I still didn't have the courage. Nobody had to guide me and I didn't know how to get started. And I wanted to do this sustainable, like long-term way. That's actually where I coined the phrase of like, hey, we need to do something here. There was nothing. Looking into this impact investing space for three to four, three years ago, impact investing that time were really something that you did in a philanthropic way. You know, Richard Branson and all the top, you know, dogs in the world, once they get money enough and they have like, make sure that, you know, their families and friends have all the stuff in the world, they start doing something for the world, right? So when we talked about impact investing or philanthropy, that started over there. What what I could see was there was a bigger, bigger movement towards from the younger generation saying, look, but we can't just do things as we used to do. We need to do it in a sustainable way. And and there was a big, big lack of communication and understanding of like the investment world and actually the impact world. And I was like, okay, we need to do something. What can we do? What what type of communication could we use to actually bridge that gap? And the sustainable development goals that some of you listeners out there knows about, it depends on where you are in the world and listening in. Definitely in California, they talk sustainability, but in New York, they talk on the UN goals. In Scandinavia, we know all about the goals, and I don't know how it is in Amsterdam and in Holland, but you know the UN goals were like, phrased and they were like like communicating in 2015 and of course it takes time like with change management right so i could see that you know we could use some of these you know methodologies about the un sustainable development goal framework to help people understand how they can change the world and then try to map that map that into the world of investing in the different companies who's actually doing something so it's not just a csr topic but an impact report about how they're going to change the world with their products so that's actually the story about like why Make Impact, you know, came out and, and we wanted to like help people to get started investing, of course, sustainably. It's funny because it's certainly, you know, it's a unique story to you, but it, I see so many uh, parts of this story and steps in there that so many other founders have on their way to creating 
an impact driven brand, you know, and it's this frustration with the way that things were done. It's this completely new way of thinking about something, which the demand is only going to get greater for. And it's this huge market opportunity, but because you see that market opportunity doesn't mean that everyone else does. And, <laughs> and oh my God. Thank you for asking this, Joseph, <laughs> because that's sometimes like when you do this, like this is totally blue ocean, right? And the people who has been doing like some, some business, I haven't done any business schools, but I've learned that this is what it's named. So, you know, the blue ocean, red ocean stuff, right? And, and sometimes when you are in the blue ocean stuff and you want to like look into a, a big, you know, target audience, like a big, big market, a terrestrial market, which nobody actually know where it's taking off. You always get into investors, users, your friends, your family, your mom, dad, always looking at the old business models. And when you are not a unicorn, because you're not going to build a unicorn, this is super business. And if nobody knows about what the super you know, business is, they should Google it and then understand it. This is slowly getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And one day you might hit the big, big market. It might also not coming like in the, like uh, tomorrow. So we need to be patient in terms of that. The same does the investors on this journey, like investors investing in these startups. Because what I've seen the last two and a half years since like we got, we coined the ideas three years uh, this June, uh, two and a half years ago, we like started the company and then we like got up with some MVPs and so on. When we started talking about it, nowhere else, yeah, but, but you know, is there any money in it? Is there any money in it? Is there any money in it? Like the whole impact investing thing. Then they now they know, okay, hey, there is huge money. And then everybody is now talking about ESG every time, right? No, knowing that they don't even know what, what it stands for, right? Talking about oh, it's only climate when it's much more. Um, so there's, of course, a big communication lack. And sometimes you are ahead of the curve. And I would say that we have been ahead of the curve for some time now. And uh, hopefully the market will turn into our direction. Maybe it's not. And like we need to just say, like you have to believe in your own vision about these things because that is how you come up with the new stuff. And uh, like we're doing this because we think there is a big demand to help people get started. Like if I wanted to earn money, uh, like big, big time of money, I, I would maybe, it's maybe a better thing that I just stayed in what I was doing before I actually got out of the, you know, the finance role and started an impact investing journey. So, uh, and this is not why I'm here, right? I, I want to change the world with, with knowledge and help people to get started investing and invest where they actually have their own, you know, you know, you know mentality, their values in their investing. So that's what we want to do. It's so spot on. If you're in the impact world, you start off by thinking about making the world a better place. And then you start thinking about, all right, how can we fund this? And that's always the, the trend of an impact entrepreneur. You know, it's the, the mindset. And it works. But now I see it starting to flip around. Because whilst we may have been there first, and whilst that may have been the reason we got into it, now the money is starting to follow and you can see it with some of these big IPOs that are happening at the moment. You can see it with, you know, j just look at what's happened to Tesla. But, you know, there's so many other uh, sustainable organizations that are really booming and moving from, you know, startup to scale up and to global companies that there is demand and there is demand to invest sustainably as well. The question is always, 
as is everything in sustainability, how can we measure it? How can we make sure that our money is going to the right place? And so what I see what you guys are doing as an opportunity to really harness that new wave of demand to get ahead early. And also there's so many you know, other factors that are happening here that are completely outside of sustainability, which are completely outside of impacts, like the return on your investment at the bank is just generally not as good anymore. Um, the super funds are not as um, profitable with the returns that you can have and being able to retire on that. So you're having like a lot of these factors coming in um, uh, and kind of coming together, which push younger the younger generation to go, man, let's start like let's start investing and investing in what we we care about. Or as you say, put your money where your heart is. Hmm. But I also think thinking about that, you know, this young generation coming in now, like we have been raised with like we need to save up for our pension, right? Like in Denmark, if you don't a name a person name called Arne, they was just using a persona, right? Then you have to work to your ninety five or something like that because they're changing the whole structure of when you can go to pension, right? I think it's everywhere. And I know that Denmark and Netherlands and then uh, UK is great in pension, but all other places in the world, pension is not that big. Like you don't save so much up in pension, right? We look at the younger generation, which is really focused on less is more, the gig economy, the fire, financial independent, retire early mindset. Then they really want to get started early so they can have a, like they call it like a barista job, like side, like a side job to just like pay whatever summer house they have. But then they would like to serve half, half the time of the year and then work a little bit. They don't have like the mentality of the older generation, like the boomers and the Gen X, where they need to have this big house, this big, you know, Porsche Cayenne or whatever type of different big, big car they want to like have in their, like, uh, in, in the in the driveway like they are going to look at it in a totally different way like they want to like rent than own right so in terms of that of course you need a lot of capital maybe earlier than than previously but you won't own so much you won't have so much debt as the older generation so that's why we see a big movement in in, in younger generations that actually would like to learn these things and you know what you don't learn it in school you don't learn these basic fundamental things. And we need there need to be somebody out there actually helping the young generation to understand what is the risk in getting started these things. Because need to find other way of actually being financially independent in the future. And investing could be a way, but they don't know how. So that's why we need to take up the greater generation, which is so focused on sustainability and giving them the advice, encouragement, and guiding them to take some informative decisions on what and how they believe is sustainable. Because we might have a sustainable mindset, but Joseph, you might have other things you care about than I do. I really care about education. That's also why I put all my life into a creating an education you know, community startup, that I want to help people to get started investing in a sustainable world. Uh, but we might have different other ways of looking at what and how we would like to make impact. And that's why we need to help people get started doing that and not telling them what they have to invest in because that's a totally different game changer. Telling people what they should invest in than giving them the advice and knowledge and information that they can take the decision on their own and talk to their friends about it because social trading is for sure something which is kicking off in the next couple of years. So we need to figure out that. So impact social trading community, that's what we need to help people get started on. 100%. And 
So, for example, if, you know, I had never invested before, which is currently I'm at that point, I've opened up an account with Digiro and I'm thinking about, um, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to invest in. Really, the only resource that I have right now are the friends and family that I know who also invest in in the market, uh, but none of them invest in, in anything sustainably. And the other option is YouTube. So those are your two options to get started, you know, and then, okay, there's a couple of different blogs and forums, but, but can you tell me, like, about the specifics of what Make Impact actually offers, how that would help my journey? Yeah. So, yeah, so from June 1st-ish, we are going to launch a subscription platform which uh, helps you to get started investing. And what I mean by that is by having webinars, blog posts, small videos, impact investing schools. We would like to have physical and, and physical events as you know digital events. And then we have an app where we have like screened a lot of the companies who is actually working on a sustainable journey, not stating that they are do- doing it, but then you get insights and actions to that. And then you can actually meet up other impact investors that is on the same journey as you are so we can like allow ourselves to ask all the stupid questions and maybe get them answered by some other people that have been like a little longer on the journey but also give it get some experts advice or analysis from people who has been working in the impact investing space for a lot, a lot of time but it's really a matter of like the community that we actually help each other out but also giving the the, the the whole the whole platform to look into. So you don't have to YouTube all the stuff. Of course, you can do that. And you can also write in a blog post or write in a blog on, on, on Dichiro to get some insights on that. But what you will, will figure out is the people who is on an investment platform or is on YouTube, it might be more broadened up that is investing in general, where the in terms of sustainability and the way we look at impact, if we need to find something which is like more related to what you care about, then make impact is the platform. That's what we believe in to create like the Reddit for impact investing and actually helping you get started there. And also that you create a network that you actually can share your thoughts with. That's what we want to do. That's what we believe in is the future of investing. Now, I think there's so much value in that community aspect of it as well. You know, because we both, you know, we both really believe that, you need to learn with other people and it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're learning to invest for the first time or, you know, Mm. learning to build a business for the first time. If you're going through it alone, it's Mm. so much more difficult. And another thing, and sorry, another thing is also like, like what, okay, you can easily go to a Facebook group or you can go to, you know, YouTube channel, all that things like Facebook, of course, is like, it's, it's, it's dialogue-based, right? You still have these things. But we also need to understand that the the, the, the social media and the, the how it works today is that you get notified by shit all the time. So if you want to concentrate on actually like trying to find some inve- investment knowledge or trying to do that, you need to be undisrupted in that setup because it's actually real money that you're working with. It's your own money that you want to invest in it. So you need to take time of that and what we can see from our users and the, like the, the ask is also to create some environment where you actually don't have all these, you know, adverts or advertising or anything like that. Make it clean and then actually 
helping people to get started, especially the digital era that we are doing. And also meet up physically as well. Like people actually like really want the physical touch as well to meet the people and actually talk to them. And of course we want to do that like worldwide. Now we'll start in the Nordics and then we'll take it from there, but still a community, a digital community based on helping people to get started. Nice one. Yeah. It sounds like such a, such a good opportunity. And as I said, I'm definitely keen to be involved in that journey as well. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing where you guys go, but before you get there, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some more actionable advice, say, because there's a lot of other companies out there right now. The, the, the target audience of this podcast is really for impact entrepreneurs like yourself to try and get them to a point where they uh, feel comfortable going out and raising capital, feel comfortable building their platform or whatever they're building and their innovation and scaling it to a point where it does create that impact that they want. From someone who's been there, I'd like to get some actionable advice from you. And I think the best place to start is with fundraising because you guys are actually in the process of going out and talking to investors at the moment. What's what's your experience been like with that? And have you got any tips or tidbits that you'd like to share? Yeah, of course. Like I, I think, uh, first of all, I think when you have an idea as an impact entrepreneur, it derives from something, right? It, it derives from your personal like experience or you heard somebody else having the problem. You want to like solve a pain, right? And the pain can be globally, it can be locally, it can be nationally. Like It depends on, or it can also be personally, right? So based upon that type of, you know, uh, problem that you want to solve, first of all, you need to figure out whether this problem can be like, you know, described as a why or a manifest or something like that. You really need to nail down, sit down and write down like what are, what, are you aiming for? Uh, one thing is that um, we created like a manifesto in Make Impact. Like every people who is joining our team need to understand this is what we are aiming for. And it might be that in the future, there might be another company who is doing better than us. And then maybe we might join that company or do something with them. Because again, back to the like the why, we want to help everybody get started investing sustainably, right? So that why, it should not not always be driving your own product or your own brand. It should be driving the overall purpose. And I think that's really, really important to state when you are going out doing fundraising as well, because people from other side, outside, even they're not a part of your company or they haven't invested in you, they need to really, really understand what to have a bigger purpose that you're actually doing. And I would say that if you're an like impact entrepreneur in the year of 2021, if you don't nail these things down and you just do a business you know, model canvas and all these business talks, then, you know, don't start a company. You really need to be focusing on how you are changing the world because that's what all the bigger companies are struggling with now because they forgot their purpose a long time ago and they're trying to find it somewhere, uh, like uh, taking a lot of dust on the, uh, uh, like in the basement or whatever and then trying to, you know, getting it out there. It's like, hey, this is our purpose. So if you can't nail the purpose statement of why you're doing stuff, then go out, don't go out and talk to investors. And once you then get out there doing the fundraising, be careful. Be really, really careful of not spending time on the wrong investors. There's so many investors out there that is think that sustainability is a trend and not something that you really like. That's that's like for me, it's a recipe for the future businesses. So putting up ESG or impact investor or business angel, really be careful about who you talk to because many of them, they only have it in their mouth not in their heart. 
So they put arm and say all these things, but when you start talking about the why, they're like, yeah, but I need my money tomorrow and not long-term. So they might talk as a zebra, but inside they only want to do unicorns. They only want to do it tomorrow. They want to like do non-sustainable stuff to get a big, big chunk of money and put their brand on as being an in- impact investor. So you really have to be careful about who you use your time on because the only thing you lose is time. And we don't have so much time. So really, really do so much vetting of the investors. Look at their portfolio of what they have invested in before you actually use so much time on them because it, you might end up using too much time. That's just lesson learned from my own side. And I've been really, really sad about using a little bit more time on people that, you know, in the end didn't have the heart where we had it. Like with the impact, you know, journey, they had other stuff they wanted to do. And they, they wanted like, hey, I can also have this impact investing company because then I, I diversify my investments. And then I have something that I can use as a CSR story, right? Be careful of them. So that's maybe one of the most important advice I would say to entrepreneurs on the journey. Be careful because there's so many people out there like, yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah, that, that's maybe one of the most important, you know, advice. I think that's, that's great advice, especially because, you know, from a marketing and branding point of view as well, you never try and target everyone, right? You try and really narrow down your niche and figure it out. And then with that sort of small group of people, you find your following, you find your click, and then you create as much value for them as possible. And I think it's the same for investors because investors and your potential target audience are very similar. If they want the same thing as you, you don't have to convince them of the benefits of in, like of investing in something impactful. You have to show them how you can help them get there. And whether it's an investor or a potential client, I think that's really, really important is to, to, pick your, to pick exactly who you want to work with. And I'm sure that we both know the Diffusions of Innovations model by Evett Rogers. Essentially, what we're targeting, we're targeting the innovators and early adopters who are driving forward this change. So you don't have to convince them that, you, you know, that impact should be at the forefront of their mind. What you have to do is you have to you know, find those ones and speak in a way that really, you know, touches them emotionally because they already want this. They already want what you're selling. You just have to make sure that you put the option there to help them get there. You're totally right. And of course, like in terms of that, that's, that's also why like we turn into like the younger generations, because of course there was an investor, a business angel that uh, when I was pitching for a big, big crowd and he was like, but why do you look for the young ones? They don't have the money. We have the money. And then he was like 45-ish. And so I like, look, to be honest, you are so boring to do these things for, right? Because for me, like, they have the money. That's right. But why didn't they start investing long time ago? Because they don't have the same mindset. They, they always are looking in a different way. And I'm not going to offend someone, but it's more like, like there's a big, big mindset change in the way when you also look for the different target audience. Of course, yeah, we look for the early adapters and the first movers in this space. And there are a lot of them in the younger segment because they already understood, no, of course, everything is sustainable. If you don't do things sustainable, they'll question you. Even the people who is on our team, they question me every time I make an unsustainable decision. It's like, why do you don't you do it? It's like, because I don't have the money. So I can't do these things, right? Of course, I would do all this stuff that I could do in that 
that, that area. But you really need to make sure that you understand the target audience and then figure it out how to get it in. And you might not create a unicorn way of like marketing. It will maybe be slower, but that's also fine. But the idea is always that you need to take the investor in their hand sometimes and say, look, we are on a journey together. This is totally blue ocean, but how cool and fun wouldn't it be if we went on this journey than just making Daniel Wellington-ish watches and then selling it for a cheaper price and getting global, right? That's that's really not sustainable in my mind. Just creating watches and then, you know, saying, hey, okay, half of it goes for uh, something like, you know, some sustainable stuff or projects around the world. So, so I think it's really, really important in terms of communicating directly to investors that this is your journey you're on and showcasing your passion about what, what you want to do. And hopefully that will help, you know, everybody to actually get investors and fundraising in, in terms of that, because there'll be much more of this in the future. And this will be how businesses is going to be evaluated and actually also being invested in in the future. We might not just be a little bit ahead of the curve, I would say, in terms of the movement. And so, for like for instance, if you're going to go out there and you're starting to look for funds and you're approaching those, you know, you 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 know your target audience and you know exactly how who you want to invest. How do you then go and get in contact with these people? Like because there's there's a lot of people in our space that are even a little bit, you know, a couple of steps behind. And just from someone who's been there before, what was your experience with your first pitches like? No, so so uh, I think to be honest, I've put uh, I've been told that I should look and talk uh, the way that that investors like. There's like a, a book, a playbook of saying this is how you have to talk to investors. This is how you have to show things and numbers and all those shit. And I've done that for the last one year or one and a half year, and I realized that. I should have listened more to myself than listening to the business people just saying, this is how you have to do things. Because the element that you miss in this is your passion. It's your, like the story and, and about what you feel about what you want to do. Right. So I would say that, that, that I've learned a lot the couple of years here, like what and how I'm going to tell about the company I, I'm, I'm building or we're building. Because the business or the investors want like it, it in a, a little bit old school way. But since we are moving into a new era of getting funds, fundraising, and also building up businesses, we need to also communicate in a new way. And there's no recipe, recipe for that. So I think it's really, really about your own story about as an, invest, like as an entrepreneur. Actually putting yourself right out there, being so transparent about where you are, and hopefully, people on the other side realize that you're also a human being on the other side, that you actually want to change the world with your mission and vision or passion or why or whatever you call it. And, and they need to understand your journey and being on that. They need to understand you as an entrepreneur. They need to understand the human behind. And to be honest, there's so many bullshit bingo in, in all this investment lingo. And also in terms of like the pitch deck and what is your Monday recurring revenue and what is the TAM and SAM and all those things. Of course, you need to nail these things, but you really need to f not forget yourself in this. It's all about personality. So today, 
So, yeah, yeah. So, to, to today, when I'm, you know, even going to talk to any investor, I'm going to make sure that they understand who they are talking to on the other side first. They need to understand that I'm Varen. I've been working 10 years in investment banking. I got this idea. I wanted to follow that idea. I'm a family father of two. I'm 34. I'm not just coming out from the business school. I have some experience. I want to change the world by educating young people to invest in a sustainable tomorrow. That's what I want to, want to do. And that's why I want to build business. So being really, really transparent about who you are and why you're doing this stuff. And hopefully when people understand your like the person on the other side, then it might be much, much easier to actually fundraise. And this is not about like how much equity I'm going to give out in first round or second round or third round. I have to save something for the bigger series. Come on, man. In this impact investing thing, we really need to understand that there's real people making big, big, you know, passionate idea about changing the world. And it takes time. You need to be patient. An investor really needs to be patient in terms of capital. But it's also knowledge that we are asking for. Knowledge, help to actually move this into another direction. I guess that's so important, seeing how much money and capital, you know, SaaS and fintech get. Um, and then seeing the the shift because there there is a defined boom, but when you're in those high growth markets, you can see unicorn status a lot quicker, right? But what we're looking for and what we're asking for takes a lot longer. But also, if you're in this for the long run, the returns will be better. Just it takes a little bit to get there. And I think that that's something that we have to also adapt to and, and change our story. And that's why you have to find the right investor, as you were saying. Yeah, and also the right business model. Because like people always ask me, like, hey, so Van, what are you going to do? How are you going to earn your money? It's like, first we we talked about, okay, let's do a white label business. That means that let's do a software that we can sell to the banks and the banks can distribute to their clients or the users, right? And then we, you know... They, all the banks, they hit all the anti-money laundry cases, right? So there's no, like, the users wouldn't, like, I don't want to listen to my bank. Why do you work with banks? Come on, guys. Like, you should do your own stuff. Let's talk to the investment platforms, right? Then we started talking to the investment platforms. And, you know, after Corona last year, they got a big, big boom. So they're like, no, no, we don't need you guys because we can find our users by ourselves. Like, they just come. Like, we don't need to, you know, in, we don't need to educate them. They're coming anyways. They just want to invest. It's like, yeah, they might come and they might lose a lot of money because they don't have the like the knowledge. Who's taking care of these young people joining and being just on this investment platform if you don't help them, right? That's why we were like, okay, great. We really need to do it ourselves. Not because we don't want it, right? But why not doing it together in the partnerships, right? That's why right now we are looking into a business model of being a subscription-based only. It will be a subscription lower than Disney Plus or Netflix or whatever to get some knowledge for us it's not about like how much like like it hasn't been like to be like for us it's really really more important that the target audience on the other side is okay paying a small fee to get knowledge but then we are transparent about what we do and we are young as the target audience as well so they we're speaking in a tone of voice that we don't look down on people we look them in the eye and saying look we would like to help you starting from minus three in knowledge to maybe plus three uh, and then when they are on plus three and they have to go to plus five, they might go somewhere else to find the more knowledge because we want to help the people who have never invested before and the people who is already on an investment journey and already did a lot of investments. They should, they should seek advice somewhere else where they have to pay much more for it 
and, and our business model will be subscription. So we don't care about how much money they're going to invest because that's the case of the old business model where you really look at trying to do a percentage of people's investments. And that actually, to be honest, from a business-oriented way, of course, you can earn a lot of money on it, but does it really make sense Do you do all you do is to push people to invest more and more so you can earn more? I don't believe so. I believe in that you actually create people, the platform, and then they pay a minimum subscription amount to get a, get access to the same content, like as everybody else, everybody has, should be having like accessibility to education. I would say. I think it's a great idea, and you know, I have I, I signed up with Bunk, the Dutch uh, challenger bank, a couple of years ago, and they also mm-hmm. have a subscription model, which totally, you know, challenged the way that most banks work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see this business model coming up more and more now in so many different fields that are stepping away from, okay, well, if if we earn all of our money based on commission, if we earn all of our money based on getting the big fish, then the big fish will be what we're chasing. And when you have, you know, yes, something right. straight, in, straight in front of you, you, you tend to be blind to all the opportunities and how people actually want to interact with a platform mm. or with a company. Mm. And, you know, it, I think that by choosing something that will help the user interact with your company, it may not have been the the quickest way to a million bucks, but it can definitely be the way that you get enough people on your platform to help them start, to help them get going. And because of that. And also, and, and also helping us to build the product better and better, right? Because the thing is the last two and a half years, we have got thousands of users on, right? They have all been on like a freemium ride, right? Because we wanted to find the money somewhere else, right? And we, we are so ready to get started with zero users when we launched in June. Because we're ready to say, look, we have to start up from scratch in terms of that. We believe that this is the right way and we believe that there will be a lot of users actually, you know, paying the minimum subscription to actually get on, on the go. But as I said to the whole team, guys, girls, everyone, be ready for having zero users by day one. But we should believe in this because the users who will join will help us help themselves to grow this product in one way. So you all like are part of this journey together, right? That's what we believe in. So, so of course, it's a little bit bold to just go that way, but you know, that makes it fun as well as being an entrepreneur, right? If you just had to copy paste a fucking sorry, my French, but you know, a really known business model and just push, pushing it in one direction, like look, there's so much more fun to do in the world than than just doing that things. And of course, if you if you've been three four years in a McKinsey and you know all the things, you can just do and copy paste it and then go out there. Of course, you can earn a lot of money quick but you know why are you doing that's what you have to ask about but i think that all the impact entrepreneurs out there they have a passion like as an impact you know story or history that you have to remember all the time throughout the stuff you know not all of us make it that's fine at least we tried and that's some of the things that i believe that you know in our legacy we shouldn't sit down and saying when we are like i don't know 90 or whatever it's like oh fuck man i didn't do it like i did it i tried it and if i failed it i failed it big time and i'm gone and then next on the next journey, right? So that's how uh, I would say that that, that uh, you you have to be bold, and you also have to be a little bit rebel in in the way you 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 get out there because it's not there's no no textbook about how you do that. But I was so happy uh, on that note that uh, I read your you know 
some of the stuff that you have made, Joseph. And I was like, hey, there's a Bible for all the stuff that we actually did without knowing that it existed. So, so I'll definitely, you know, urge everybody to read your great stuff because you are actually onto something big, like creating a brand, not a product, because the brand can actually take you a lot, lot far away in your entrepreneurial journey. So thanks for you, uh, Joseph, for, for actually, you know, putting and addressing these things because I think it's really, really important globally. Thanks for those kind words, Varan. I really appreciate it. And I also really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today on the impact economy. I know that I've learned a lot and I hope that the people out there listening have also learned a lot. It's been super inspiring to hear about your journey with Make Impact and I wish you all the best for the future. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Impact Economy, please hit the like and subscribe button below. Thank you very much and we'll see you next time.